Remember, every single time we step into sin, what we are continuously pulling Jesus to do, because we all put him on that cross. And now for the resurrection of Christ. Amen. Man, I think I see why God did this. I see how he lined it up. But that was an amazing word, George. And since George talked about marriage, he talked about love a lot. This right here, I actually don't have a title for this sermon, but this is just a representation of Christ's love for us so that we know how we need to love him as well as others. I mean, just, you know, how we tend to act at times. So as you all know, Today is Easter Sunday, I and mean, we're going to talk about the resurrection of Christ. Now, I know you all are like, okay, I understand it, but we actually have to break this down a little bit because without this resurrection, none of this would even be possible. It would be no need for us to even be here. As it says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 14, And if Christ had not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. So you have to understand what you're standing on, why you're even here, because you can hear and sing, see all the songs, hear all the preachers, everything going on. But you got to understand what you are standing on, because as we hear, as we see on the video that we watched before, because Christ raised, we are able to raise as well. Once we die, we are able to be raised up as well. Now, I want to go ahead on to Matthew 26, verse 31 through 35, because this right here is how a lot of us tend to view life and view things. And we say the same thing to Jesus. It says, then Jesus told them this very night, you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Now, how many times do we make this promise to God? How many times do we say, oh, if everything is going good or whatever I'm in, God, I'm going to be right there with you. I'm going to stand by your side. I'm going to stand on your word. How many times do we make that promise, but we never deliver? Well, this right here just shows how similar we are to the people of the Bible, because I'm going to skip to the end. I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. Jesus was right. He did not stand by Jesus. He did not continue to be there in Jesus's time of need. So we see in Mark 14, verse 49 through 50. Every day I was with you teaching in the temple courts and you did not arrest me, but the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then everyone deserted him and fled. Now, Peter, on his defense, he said, well, I was behind you, Jesus. I was still there. I just wasn't necessarily next to you. So we see in Luke 24, verse 54 through 62. Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looked closely at him and said, This man also was with him, but he denied it, saying, woman, I don't know him. 
And a little later, someone else saw him and said, you are also one of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. Get that out your head. And then he said, after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted saying, certainly this man also was with him for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you are talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed and the Lord turned and looked at Peter and Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him before. He said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. So the thing is, Peter, he wanted to stay with Jesus when he knew things would be okay. He wanted to stick by Jesus' side whenever he got the blessings, whenever he got to see the miracles, whenever he got to see the signs and wonders. But the moment it was time to be persecuted, the moment it was time for him to struggle, Peter turned away. Peter said, Jesus, I don't know who you are. He denied Jesus here on earth. And Jesus said, he said, if you deny me here on earth, I will deny you in front of my father in heaven because Jesus sits at the right hand of the father. And he is going to pay your fine. See, the thing is, as we keep reading, it talks about that the wages of sin is death. Our consequences for the sin that we do every time we lie, every time we steal, every time we have lust in our eye, every time we get angry and we are bitter with someone, we don't forgive people. That has a consequence. It is a price. Just like if you committed a crime, if you go out and kill someone, if you go out and steal, if you go out and lie in the court, you will have to pay a price. But God said, oh, no, I love them. I want them in my house. I don't care how dirty they are. I don't care what they have done. I want them. So I'm going to send my son. I'm going to allow him to come and pay this fine for them. Now, I want to reverse a little bit just to the crucifixion, because I know a lot of times we hear he was whipped, he was bruised, he was beat, he had the thorns on his head. But I actually want to show you all a picture of the actual description of what Jesus looks like on the day he was crucified. If A.V. will pull up that picture. This right here is how Jesus actually looked. You may have just seen whips, lashes. No, this is an accurate representation, probably even worse, of what Jesus went through for our sin. Our sin, my sin, my sin put Jesus like that. Your sin put Jesus like that. And this is just a time for us to remember every single time we step out of God's will, every single time we step into sin, what we are doing, what we are continuously pulling Jesus to do, because we all put him on that cross. And so if you look at the disciples, though, this is once again us relating back to the Bible, because this is why it is so important you get in the word for yourself, because then you'll begin to relate to it. You'll begin to see how we haven't changed that much. Humans are literally the exact same. We maybe changed a little bit, but the evolution junk, we've been the same for all these thousands of years. So if you look at the Bible, you see the closest people to Jesus even denied him. They walked with him. They talked with him. They saw firsthand the miracles, the signs and the wonders, but they still turned their back on him. So it wasn't just the priests. It wasn't just those religious leaders who put Jesus on that cross, but it was me. It was you. And this is why I want to just point out the love of Christ, though. Jesus knew. He knew every sin we would commit. He knew every time we would go against him, every time we would turn our back on him, we would not represent him correctly on this earth. But yet he still said, I am going to die for you. I'm going to pay that price for you. But you got to be willing to accept it. It's just like if you're in a jail, if you don't want somebody to pay your bail, you will stay in jail. You will continue to deal with the consequences of your actions. But Jesus said, "Uh uh-uh, uh-uh, this is my son. This is my daughter that I am paying for. Now, this right here is a full-on representation of us. 
And he talked about different seeds. And I'm only going to touch on two. I mean, really just one, but I want to read the other one as well, because this is a lot of people in the church. So Matthew 13, verse three through nine, it says, then he told them many things in parables, saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he scattered the seed, some fell along the path and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked out the plants. Still, other seeds fell on good soil where it produced a crop of 160 or 30 times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Now you may not understand that. The people of the Bible was like, what does that mean? Now Jesus begins to explain that in verse 18 through 21. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This seed is sown along the path. Now, this seed right here represents a lot of us as well. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no roots, they last only a short time. When troubles or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. We are just like Peter. We are just like the disciples. Whenever trouble comes because we have to stand up for our faith, whenever things begin to pop up and we have to stand on firm foundation of Christ, we run away. We run and we flee to other things that quickly satisfy our desires, quickly satisfy our needs. Now, does it fix it? No, but it quickly satisfies this flesh. But Jesus, this right here just shows his forgiveness for you. This shows his love for you. I want to just show you guys what happened with Peter. Even though we saw Peter denied Jesus, he left Jesus. Yeah, he followed behind Jesus for a little bit, but he ended up leaving Jesus to die alone. Let me give you a little bit of context about this scripture. So this is after the resurrection. This is when Jesus has already rose from the dead and he is still lingering on the earth because Jesus was lingering on the earth for about 40 days after he had rose again. So he wasn't just there one day. It was multiple times. So let's go ahead and read in John 21, verse 15 through 17. This is when Jesus reinstates Peter. It says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. And even though Peter had left Jesus, he had went and did his own thing. Jesus still had a plan to use him. Jesus still used him to bring glory to his name. But Peter he did. Peter ended up writing a lot of the New Testament and actually going out and he did die for Christ eventually. But in the moment when he told Jesus he was going to do it, he did not But now we see Jesus knew the plans he had for him. He knew where he was trying to take him. And Peter said, you know what, Lord, I will feed your sheep. I will go where you have called for me to go. This is us. 
This is what we need to do. We are just like the disciples. Jesus told us to go out and make disciples of the nations. He told us to go out and make these different disciples. We are the disciples of Christ. And as you go out into the world, you have to understand something. Jesus, his name is attached to you because he paid for you with his blood. You are his. You are not living for yourself. You are not living for the world. You're not living for your mom, your dad. You are living for Jesus Christ because he is the only one worthy of your life. He is the only one who gave up his own life. He was blameless, sinless in all of his being. He was blameless. And yet he said, through my grace for you, I will forgive you. I will give you a new life, but you got to accept it. You got to follow it. You got to know what that new life is. If you don't open your word up, if you're not praying, you will never know what that new life is. And so as we end out, I know I touched on this. I guess God wanted me to touch on it again. But for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Only through Christ do we have eternal life. But we first must surrender our life to him. We first must say, you know what? You are Lord of my life. You are my everything. And once you do that, then you will truly see the love of God. You'll begin to see the love of Christ really, really prevalent in your life. And you'll begin to show it to others. And your actions will show it. Thank you all. That's all I have for you today. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was the message titled, The Resurrection of Christ, by Jamie Bronner. This message is number 6593. That's 6593. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 6593 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to iwanttogive.com. That's iwanttogive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because, brother, you need the word. Well, brothers of the word.